All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Wally and Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot, a former NHL defenseman and currently on location. Uh, Meth continuing to cover the World Championships. Uh, having fun in your hotel room? Oh, it's, it's pretty long. I think if, if the situation was a little different as far as lockdowns go, I'd probably be enjoying my time a little more. But I've been hibernating in my hotel room. But it, it has been... A uh, really good experience otherwise. Uh, but this is going to be one of the few times that you've since traveled in a hotel alone, I got to say, since you're, you've played. you feel like you're on a little bit of a road trip with the, the hockey team here? Sort of, but much less catered to. You know, when you're playing, <laughs> when you're playing in the NHL, you've got the fancy meals ready for you at all times, and there's players hovering around the hotel. Right now, I'm, I really am my own person here. Like, there's no teammates or anything like that, so – it's been an adjustment, but I am enjoying it. It's, 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 I guess, kind of nice to get a little time uh, to yourself as well. You'd be on per diem, right? I am on per diem, yeah. but a lot different uh, than the NHL per diem. A, yeah, a lot different. We'll leave it at that. But I, I'm not, but I'm not complaining. It's been, I, I'm well taken care of otherwise. When we first started at TSN, we had expenses. So we just would go out and we would order dinners wherever we wanted. So it was like Morton Steakhouse and Ruth Chris and all this stuff. And yeah. then, then all of a sudden bell came in and was like no 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 now we're going to per diem 
and shut everything down. Oh, it was the worst ever. All of a sudden we're at smart. Subway. No, it's not <laughs> smart. Well, smart um, on their part. No, it's ridiculous. Like they don't make any money. Is um, I want to ask you about TV work since this is in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Since you've gone in now, you've had a couple of chances here. Is there one thing that really sticks out to you uh, that you didn't see coming? Yes, uh, the timing, right? Like the, the, the cues with the camera and having somebody in your earpiece telling you when to wrap it up. And so you're so concerned about content going into the, you know, your little three minute spot, but there's so much going on, tracking the right cameras, feeding off your host. And then if you have another person coming in, it's just, it's very difficult. And, and, and especially when you're covering two games at the same time, like I'm doing at the Worlds right now. And teams filled with mostly players I've never heard of before, right? So I'm sitting there between, you know, during the game and I'm, I'm tracking both games. They roll up two TVs to the panel. You watch both games at the same time. And you do get a lot of help. The crew's been terrific, but like very challenging. And then you're, you're scrambling. You're not supposed to look down at your notes when you're talking about the games, right? So I'm trying to remember all the names. And we're talking about players from Latvia, Kazakhstan, uh, Great Britain, by the way, like players I've never heard of before. So very fun though. I mean, you're learning a lot about all these new players and everybody always tells you like, just wait a couple of years. You're going to see the odd player from here, you know, playing in the national hockey league and you'll know a lot about that player already. So it's, it's, it's been neat. Uh, Great Britain, two years ago when I was at the Worlds, uh, one of the best teams ever to cover. Anyway, one night we're out at a local watering hole and they had just won, I think. Oh, they were just able to uh, win so that they managed to make it into the next world championship. So they moved up, right? Moved oh, up, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So they were trashed and on tables and no shirts on. And they were singing all <laughs> kinds of stuff. It was fantastic. It was one of the best That's nights awesome. I've ever had at the world championship. Anyway, uh, you always want to go party with the Great Britain boys. Um, I, anyway, here's one other thing, though. I'm going to guess that you've made mistakes that you know of but people don't realize, right? Like, oh, so that's one of the key things that you just keep going. Sure. And so nobody notices only you. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because you're usually, I've been doing it with Laura Dykin or, or uh, Rod Black, and they're both unbelievable to work with, but they're, they project more like a host when they're talking about the play and you get that booming voice and you almost subconsciously try to replicate that instead of just being yourself sometimes and that's, that's the thing I'm starting to finally get more comfortable with. It's like, you're not expected to be that person. You're expected to just analyze and tell you, tell the, the viewers what you're seeing. So again, there's so many adjustments because when I come on this podcast or when I'm doing radio, you can just be yourself and it's very relaxed. But when you're on live camera, as you know, Wally, it's a different animal and there's no room for mistakes. You got to be on the ball. You got to look sharp. And so it's, uh, it's been a challenge. Yeah. Well, just so you're clear, there's no room for mistakes here either, okay? Let's not mail it in. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's get the show going. Uh, this is always the Wally Method Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Barhaven Ford has started its own lineup of BFC custom vehicles, the Barhaven Ford Customs. Custom builds on F-150s, Mustangs, and Rangers. Uh, they're the first and only dealership in Ottawa to feature the Roush-inspired custom builds. Go check them out. Biggest inventory in Ottawa, by the way. Huge uh, inventory on the lot. 55 555 dealership drive barhavenford.com slash bfc dash customs and by the way uh we've managed to steal some merchandise from them. they're going to give away a free item later on the show so stick around for that all right also coming up in the chat room i once again go one-on-one -on -one 
with former Ottawa, sorry, he's not a former Ottawa Senator. He's an Ottawa Senator who's currently playing at the World Championships. That is Nick Paul coming up in the show course. That brought to you by whitewaterbeer.ca. Don't forget to use the Wally Matha coupon code 15% off beer. Shop whitewater.ca. That is always good. By the way, Nick Paul, you'll wait for this math. He's in like his kitchen in Latvia. You'll understand later. <laughs> uh, we're going to go and get give you our picks for round two of the playoffs, despite the fact that round one isn't even done yet. That's an on the points brought to you by sportsinteraction.com slash volume of thought and a new trivia prize to give away free round of golf with power cards. That's coming up. Don't want to miss that. So, but first, as always, Meth, we get to the headlines brought to you by BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc., helping to shape the Ottawa Valley, BonisherExcavating.com. Here we go. Central figures. I'm just getting tired of Nazem Kadri and Claude Giroux being the answer to Ottawa's number one center. Let's think outside the box, shall we? Daddy O. Should the Sens trade of getting dad enough? Misery loves company. Leafs and Habs go to a game seven tonight. And lightning rod, Rod Brindamore. Is he the biggest jerk of them all? And off the tee. Uh, how we did this, I have no idea. But Matthew and I have started a golf tournament coming up in September. We're going to tell you about that. So sure. let's get first to the number one headline we have going on today. And that is central figures. Matt, there's been a lot of talk about Nazem Kadri, who can't seem to keep himself from getting suspended, and Claude Giroux as being the right fit for Ottawa's need at a number one center. I just first, are we not done dealing with this? Can it not just be Josh Norris? I thought it was. Uh, and I mean, I, I know that people are going to keep speculating because, um, you know, the owner, of course, came out and said yeah. that they were interested in finding a number one center and people are naturally going to start spinning the wheels and trying to figure out what that means. And I, I thought that it was set in stone. I thought he's proven himself already. Yes. It's a small sample size, but he's able to play two ways. He's been very good in his own end. He's excellent on draws. He's very reliable. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's mature. And he, he's just he's had a very consistent year. And the biggest thing for me is that, the assignments that he's had on a day-to-day -day, or rather on a nightly basis in these games, playing against every team's top lines, not to mention we're talking like franchise players here in guys like Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Mitch Martin, early on just to name a few and a couple teams here that he's been playing a lot in the North. I don't know where this conversation is coming from. When I say, when I look at it that way, from an optics standpoint, they seem set in stone. So while you presented me with some names, and, and I thought they were some really good ideas. Okay, so here they are. So let's think outside the box. I'm just trying to think. You're going to look at teams that are willing to make a deal. First of all, you can't just say, hey, I'm just going to go get this guy. And he's Connor McDavid and he's going to be traded. It's ridiculous. So mm. you got to look at guys that need to make moves or on like with cap space or perhaps they're looking to shake things up with their roster. We know the New York Rangers are likely going to shake things up. So how about Ryan Strom, 27 years old, $4.5 million. He's a UFA at the end of next season. How about his brother, Dylan Strom? Now, don't get me wrong. I know he's not a bona fide number one center, but he's 24. He's an RFA coming up. I think he's got potential to be a top two or imagine a top three in the Ottawa lineup. And number three, don't laugh at this, Sam Bennett. Now, he's not necessarily always lining up at center, and sometimes he plays the wing. But I like his size. I like his. He's 24. He's a UFA. He's got, you know, 412 games of experience. Yeah. So, Am I am I close to trying to think perhaps some of these names are better off as a fit than Nazem Kadri or Claude Giroux? Yeah, and it's interesting because you bring up some pretty decent names there and obviously great players in their own respect. 
Uh, Ryan Strom, I don't mind that. I mean, he's got over 500 NHL games under his belt, a ton of experience. He's 27, but he's a UFA. So what are you willing to pay? And a guy like Ryan Strom at that age, I can tell you, is going to look for term. He's going to want term. He's going to want at least four or five years, probably, and a decent amount of money. So it depends what Ottawa is willing to do. And and where, and, and the bigger question here is what does the organization view uh, in, um, in Josh Norris, do they see him as a true number one right now? And if that's the case, then perhaps that changes the conversation right now, as far as going after maybe a top two, a second line centerman and perhaps a guy like Dylan Strom, that's got a bit of a, a ceiling to catch still. And a lot of potential moving forward He's a little younger he's an RFA, but uh, like, I just can't see it happening because they've got so much money tied up right now in players in lesser roles that have been a little disappointing. Guys like Colin White, uh, Evgeny Dadanov, those are some guys, just to name a couple, that the, the Sens have tied up in right now with term and money. And so are they willing to spend that much more on, you know, bringing in a top two guy at center? And they're not hard. They're not easy to find, as we all know, in the NHL. It's almost like saying, I want a top two D-man. Well, that's great. Yeah. Every team in the NHL wants a top two D-man. So, again, it's fun to talk about it. I, I like Ryan Strom bringing in, but it, it, it all comes into term. It comes down to term. Okay, but where is it? Oh, wait, you already, people are already start talking about Claude Giroux needing term. And I know, but you didn't, I know, but you didn't, you didn't give me that as an option here. We, we've, we've spoken on Claude Giroux already. He's local. He lives in Canada. That's a good fit for him too. But does Claude Giroux want to come to Ottawa? That's the bigger, no, but, that's the bigger question. But, uh, but Claude Giroux and Nazem Kadri, if I'm not mistaken, are both UFAs at the end of the year, which would make Dylan Strom the same. Yeah. Or sorry, Ryan Strom the same. So yeah. all I'm saying is if you don't want to sign Ryan Strom after the year, you can let him go if you're going to indeed trade for him for one season. But I like the fact that he's still young. He can skate. He's going to want, sure, he makes four and a half million and he's going to want more because he had 49 points in 56 games. You yeah. don't know that Josh Norris is going to continue on or have a sophomore slump, right? It happens. Yeah, but that's okay. That's so it fair, protects but you but- from that. I know that, but it's it comes down to what you view your team as. Does does do the Ottawa Senators view their team as a legitimate contender next year? Probably not. I no, know but I think they it. need to be a playoff team. For they the need owner. to be well. Ideally, yeah, okay. I still think that's very unrealistic. I think people are going to get a bit of a wake up call with this group if the division opens up and they go back to the Atlantic. But I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I'm a I'm a Sens fan, as everyone knows, but I'm also very realistic. And I still think they may be just on the outside looking in. Again, the way they finished this season was fantastic and leads you to believe that they are for sure a playoff team. But playing under different circumstances with high pressure games that actually mean something, that's another that's a different animal. So what? if if the team if the team views this club the organization in the front office views this club as a legitimate contender or at least a a realistic playoff team then yes i can understand them going after a top two centerman it's going to cost money so i want them and just so we're clear i don't want them going after this number one center i say leave it where i'm agreeing with you i'm agreeing i think you i think you have the building blocks to get further on if you're not going to be a playoff team this year or just on the cusp I say, leave yeah. it alone, right? You yeah, can, sure, sure. And there's one guy that we haven't even talked a lot about, and perhaps there's no, but is Nick Paul at NHL center? Should he be moved to the middle of the ice? Yes, I think so. I mean, again, I'm a huge fan of his, so I'm going to be yep. biased. I'm a big supporter of Nick Paul. I love his game. He can great play on hard. Face-offs. 
He's very good on draws. He's very good in the middle of the ice, especially lately, like this past season. And I've been watching him at the Worlds too. There's so much confidence in his game. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back next year and repeats another very strong year because you can tell he's finally he's finally losing respect for a lot of the players. When I say that, what I mean is he's not respecting his opponents more than he should. He yeah. knows he belongs now, and it's very evident in his play. And to me, a big man like that, that's very dangerous. So that's a good point, Wally. You move him to middle. You have – I still think he's more of a third-line guy, a shutdown centerman sure. that you could have as an energy line but still plays decent minutes. I'd like a more offensively capable second centerman. I think everyone would agree with that. But, yeah, I mean, Nick Paul, he can take on a bigger role for sure. Again, big fan of his. Uh, you did bring up Evgeny Dadunov earlier on, and I was like, don't ruin my next topic. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't trying to. to. <laughs> uh, Daddy-o, and that is should the sense – decide to just cut bait and move Evgeny Dadnoff out of the roster. I Here's why. I, he's $5 million. He's the highest paid forward at the moment. Of course, Brady Kachuk will take that over if he signs his deal. Anytime two more soon. years. Is Where does he fit in? Like at $5 million and 20 points in 55 games, where does Evgeny Dadnoff fit into the Ottawa Senator lineup? I just don't see it. So yeah, so I, I think it's time I'm to move to a contender. Yeah. And, and okay. Oh, all right. So you want to move them. How are you going to move that contract? Well, who's going to somebody, pick them up? I, I think if there's a team that needs a scoring winger, you can, you can find $5 million. <laughs> okay. And, and how, and how You're going to have to take he, some salary back. How, how many goals did he have this year? I'm just curious. 13, 13 I, goals, seven assists. Okay. So yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. He had the, he had the Cy Young. So you know what? For me, I still think the Sens right now, first of all, I don't think they can move them. And I think that they have to come to terms with that. I'm sure they already have. And at this point, you see how he plays in training camp. I'd like to think this year was just a tough year for him. He was playing with Huberto and Barkov in Florida. Obviously, excelled with those two players. Was fantastic on their power play. They brought him here to kind of be a catalyst on the yeah. power play. That fell apart. Did not work out. That's not a slight at the Sens. They did what they had to do based off of the, his history. And I mean, he was really good in Florida. So it was a good signing at the time. Everybody was all for it. Didn't work out. So he's going to go into camp this year. Hopefully he has a very good summer. He trains really hard, regroups, comes in, shows that he belongs again and can find some chemistry somewhere. But you make a good point, Wally. I don't know where he fits in the lineup anymore at this point. So like, I feel like... Do you I tell like me just, what... Who he's going to bump? Is he going to take Drake Batherson off that line? No, Brady no Kachuk? chance. Okay, no chance. No then chance. is Connor Brown going to play in that second spot? Who had twenty-one <laughs> have you seen, goals? Have you seen Connor Brown in the worlds? I mean, yeah, not yeah, just like, this past year. He's found Connor Brown. Connor Brown is exactly. He had like four points today. It, he's he's playing really good hockey and and beyond the points, which has been fantastic in the goals. By the way, the twenty goal year. He has become such a reliable two-way forward that he has sealed his spot on the Sens team. There's no he. We know where he belongs. So, where do you put the five million dollar man? I, I the third I line center or if third you can line get, winger? Are you kidding if, me? If I know, so if you can get rid of him, obviously you're going to get rid of him. I think we can all agree on that. I think all the Sens fans can agree on that. It's just a matter of are they able to? In Ottawa, I don't believe is known too often for eating a lot of salary when it comes to making moves, right? You're they're typically yep. with smaller market trying to shed salary. I understand that. So their hands are tied. Wouldn't surprise me if he's back here in September in the lineup. 
makes no sense, but there's no way to go. All right. No, uh, no move reason. on to the big game tonight. And that is game seven. So for the second time in a century, basically since they've been in the league, uh, this is going to be game seven between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. How it got to game seven is beyond me. It should never have gotten here. Uh, th- by the way, I think this is the worst series I've watched in ages. I can't wait for it to end. I would like just to see it go away. I don't know what the point of this series is because it hasn't been exciting to me. You're going to probably disagree with me. I'm okay with that. Here's the question I have. Would you pay $5,000 to have gone to that game on Saturday night? Well, I wouldn't pay five grand because I'm really cheap. So, I mean, I posted a picture the other day and people called me out on the fact that they were Derek Broussard shorts and I stole them from them like three years <laughs> ago. So we all know where I stand on spending $5,000 at a sporting event. I just wouldn't do it. I like my couch. I like to be able to go to the fridge whenever I like that's settled. However, I respect the fact that fans have been going in and doing that. The market's set at that price. People are buying tickets. You can't blame the Montreal Canadians for charging that people are paying for it. So um, do I think the series is boring? Yes, if you had asked me before game five, right? Those first four games were incredibly underwhelming. They were a discipline. The first game was okay, but then the John Tavares incident happens, kind of takes the wind out of everyone's sails. And then, then it gets kind of, they kind of, it kind of gets flat for a couple of games. But then that game five rolls around. Montreal finally brings a little life into it. They get the win. I thought that game was exciting and it was fun to watch. I thought game six was incredible. Those fa- Are you kidding me with the fans in the stands? I had goosebumps when they came out for warmups and Thunderstruck was playing over the overhead speakers. I like legit. I had, I had goosebumps. I was angry at my knee for being sore because I wanted to go and play again. So getting that out of the way, I think the series has really turned around. I think we've been robbed of a very good series from start to finish. Uh, but, but, you know, better late than never Montreal finally shows up. And I mean, for game seven, my concern is this, you're going back to Toronto, right? What? is going to be the mood for Montreal. What's that? What, like, you know, you're going to come down from that excitement in that last game in game six with all the fans. Now you're going back to Toronto. I do think they're bringing a lot of momentum with them, but I mean, if, if Toronto can find that puck possession game again, it's going to make them very dangerous. Uh, the guilty part of me wants to see Montreal win because seeing the highs and lows of the Toronto fan base yeah. is something else. I mean, come on. And I, I, everyone knows, and Wally, you too, I think we both agreed on this. We were big fans of Toronto. We thought they were, they've been built proper this year. Kyle Dubas did a fantastic job putting the team together. They just, I mean, they hit a wall. And, and Montreal with that physical play, it's, it's, how do you match that? The Toronto Maple Leafs won't get engaged. And I, I, I shouldn't say that. I, just from a, a high-end top six kind of role, you just don't see them wanting yeah. to fight and claw to score goals. Like Jason Spezza will run you over and try and win every puck battle. Mitch Marner does not want to get involved. He does not want to get touched. And it's showing that he's got yeah. zero goals in 17 straight playoff games. There he's taking a, some flack too, isn't he? He should. He's invisible. You have to get no. nasty, get dirty. I'm not <laughs> sure there's a hair out of place on his helmet right now. He's yeah, done. He's just not engaged. And if you are going to play on the outside all night, you know what's going to happen, Matt. Well, you know, I agree. And that's something that I've been I've been preaching on this leading up. We were talking about it before the playoffs started. If you're a one-trick pony, which, by the way, I don't believe Toronto's a one-trick pony, but when you rely heavily on your top line, we saw it with McDavid and Dreisaitl against Winnipeg, teams 
are different in the postseason. The NHL in particular, more than any other sport I find, the play just changes, the mood changes. Players like myself, when I was playing in the past, all the plumbers that typically have to grind a long year, yep. all of a sudden we're just reinvigorated with these new assignments going into the postseason. And by the way, I've never been more motivated when it came to hockey in my life than going into that first round in the NHL playoffs. Like the hunger you feel of being, and you have, so if you're, if you're a line that has Matthews and Marner, for example, and you're playing against them, those guys are playing against five highly motivated shutdown role players every shift. And these guys are doing the job more than ever. They're more, they're hyper-focused on shutting you down. And in today's NHL, everybody's a good skater. Everybody knows how to play hockey, can move the puck fairly. Well, obviously there's a difference when it comes to that high-end skill set. But when it comes to shutting down a line, and if you're going to play disciplined hockey and stick to your assignment, life is very hard on guys like on, like guys on Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. So I'm not surprised to see them struggling to score. You rely heavily on your secondary scoring in the postseason. And for a couple of games now, they're not really getting as much. So for me, this game seven in Toronto is going to be up for grabs. I just want it over. I appreciate the fans in the stands. I mean, obviously that's nice. <laughs> how, can you say, how can you say that though, after watching game five and six to me, because those have been like two of the most exciting games no, of the playoffs I, so far. I sat with my kid and who's all in and a huge hockey fan and wants to watch great hockey. He was bored too. Okay. It's, well, it's fair just, enough. I, I, there's been yeah. moments. There just hasn't been enough sustained moments. I find well, like, I, okay. I want to see Brendan Gallagher game, punching game everybody in the face just to irritate people so that there's you a little watch? bit of, of, Oomph. There's no oomph in this game. I, and I respect what you're saying. Did you watch game six? Yes. I there did. were some shifts. My mind was blown with the chances going back and forth. Like, come on. Anyway, that's just one game, though. As a whole, I agree with you. More games than not have been pretty dull, but at least it's picked up. The temperature's up. Now we're good. Right. There's just, there's no other series that has been worse than this series to me. That's yeah, all. Fair, so, enough. fair enough. Yeah. Um, and, and there's been so much buildup to it that that's the other issue, right? We're, t we're just treated this series like it's the greatest thing ever and it's kind yeah. of flat. And that's the other part. Like it just didn't live sure. up to the hype. Uh, lightning yeah. rod. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you saw the video, uh, the Carolina hurricanes clinch round one, then Rod Brendamore, the head coach uh, brings in the phone. His dad's a huge Carolina hurricane fan and they sing happy birthday to him because it's his birthday. It's a huge moment. It's, 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 it's pretty cool to watch. Like it was. So if you are a player in that dressing room, I guess it's the simple thing is, are you willing to go through a wall to play for a coach that brings everybody in to treat like family? No, sure. Of course, of course you do. I, and this is, this statement is true across the NHL. It's not just with Rod and moments like this do happen quite often when you're playing. It's just not always caught on camera and then posted on social media, which was a great idea, by the way. Huge fan that they did that. And yeah. Fans could see that because, I mean, who doesn't want to see something like that happen after a game? But in any case, um, you know, for me, having played with a lot of coaches, and I could name a whole bunch, but guys like Rick Bonus, who was my assistant D coach in Dallas, or Brad Barry when I played for Bear, uh, and even, even Mark Crawford, like guys like that that have a good relationship with their players, that are good communicators, that aren't like – and Crow – like to scream once in a while, but it was always directed at the referees. <laughs> and it was funny. I mean, we'd have to turn around and tell them to calm down a little bit. But but when you're a good communicator with your players like that, and, and you be, you develop a bit of a relationship like that, you just, you, you bolster that chemistry between you guys. And, and you just, you're that much more motivated to do a good job. Like it was unfortunate with me when I went to Dallas, same situation where 
I mean, unfortunately, my knee kind of prevented me from doing really anything productive on the ice. But a guy like Jim Nill, who was the general manager there, good example of a guy you'd go through a wall for. He just is such a gentle human being, very knowledgeable, very soft-spoken, very intelligent, and like just would like give full support to the players all the time. You know, like was never overly critical, always had your back in the media. Those are the guys you want to play for. And that's why those guys, guy like Jim Nill, get longevity as general managers because they get along well with everybody. They're good communicators. And it, this is, the same thing is true as far, as far as head coaches go. You just, you want to play for them. You want to go through a brick wall for them. And it's something that to me, and a, a Rick bonus is a prime example. Look how long he's been coaching in the NHL yeah. for. We're talking decades, which is crazy. So again, it's a, it's a credit to their ability to communicate to the players, to, to not, to not get crazy or um, kind of lose their cool when things aren't going well, they remain calm. They get through those storms when they're, there are some serious lows during seasons like that with bad teams, they're managed to keep their cool. So you develop a great respect for that. And it's, it's, it's not hard. It's, excuse me. Those coaches are very difficult to find. There aren't a lot of them in the NHL, but they are around. And Rick bonus is the interesting one because I mean, he's now the head coach. He was a head coach in Ottawa. Very few stints as head coach. When you are an assistant, everybody, he's one of the few guys that's always in demand. He's never out of a job because everybody wants to have Rick bonus on the staff. It's a huge testament to what he's like as a coach. And clearly uh, we saw that with Dallas last year, how much, even with Tampa, that they just wanted to win a Stanley cup for Rick bonus. uh, I hope eventually he does get it. And that's, it'll be something to to see. Um, Okay. Finally uh, off the tee. I, I don't know how this happened, but you and I are going to host a golf tournament on September the 10th at the Canadian. Uh, we've oddly labeled it the Wally, Mathal- Wally and Mathot Charity Classic. Uh, we're going to give our money to DIFD, which is a huge thing for both of us, uh, for youth mental health. They do it for Darren Fun. And, of course, uh, Matthew, you know the Richardson family very well. You know Luke very well. Uh, it's something near and dear to our heart, of course, especially with the way that uh, – the youth has been impacted throughout school closures in this whole entire pandemic. Yeah. Are you excited to finally start <laughs> to get back on the course? And then are you excited to be like, like I told everybody that you're going to hold them all like the posters and give pictures. Like you're carrying them like a baby. You, what did you, <laughs> you should check social media. No, know? I'm, I'm excited. No, you make a really good point. And, and being able to team up with DIFD and, and kind of provide a little support. I think the timing is fantastic too. I think given the circumstances, the prolonged lockdowns, which were understandable, of course, but the impact that that has on, on kids, teenagers, is pretty serious. I mean, having, you know, preventing them from, I shouldn't say preventing them, but having not being able to go see their friends at school, being in those social environments where they can develop uh, in those important years and having all that isolation, it's not easy. So yeah. I, and, and I mean, I can speak from that, just being an adult, even at an, as an adult, while you and I and Craig know how difficult that's been, it's not easy. And I can imagine how much more difficult it is as a kid. So being able to provide a little support for that, a little more attention towards it is always nice. And being able to do it in a golf tournament, who wouldn't want to be involved with that? So it's exciting. I'm pumped. I don't know how I'm going to play. I haven't swung sticks now for about a whole year, it feels like, but, uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how we're playing as long as we have fun, right? Is it true that you said you didn't want to play in a foursome with me? No, who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I am excited, man. We'll throw some money on the line here, throw some props out there and see how we do. I think, well, I'm, I'm 
looking perhaps uh, stay tuned i think we're going to auction off a chance to play with you uh so cool we'll figure that awesome. out at a different time so anyway the golf term is september the 10th at the canadian and you can go to eventbrite.ca and search uh, while i'm a thought and you'll find the info there uh those are the headlines built by bei bonisher excavating inc bonisher excavating.com helping to shape the ottawa valley okay time for a quick break when we come back nick paul live from his kitchen in latvia uh, brought to you by whitewaterbeer.ca. Use the Walling Mathot 15% off coupon at shopwhitewater.ca. Don't forget, they have home delivery. And, of course, you're watching the Walling Mathot Show, brought to you by Barhaven Ford. Check out the all-new BFC Roush-inspired custom F-150s, Rangers, and Mustangs. Head over to Barhaven Ford at 555 Dealership Drive. We'll be right back after this. Time now for the chat quenched by Whitewater Brewing Company. From blonde ales to New England IPAs, Whitewater beer is brewed by friends for friends. Available at the LCBO, licensed grocers, and shopwhitewater.ca, where you enter coupon code Wally and Method and get 15% off. Must be 19 years of age or older. Welcome to the show, Nick Paul, all the way from Latvia. Uh, how are things over there? And I guess we'll start with like, just is it weird going through more pro COVID protocols? Yeah, it's definitely uh, different. You know, only time to really get outside is going to the bus and out of the hotel and then into the rink. So it's definitely different. But I mean, safety first. We want this tournament to run and we got to take all the, the necessary steps for uh, that to happen. So it's definitely weird uh, seeing Latvia just from the bus and, and out the, the hotel window. But I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be here. Uh, you've got Jacob Bernard Docker, Connor Brown. There's a few other uh, sends on other sides. I know Chris Weidman is over there, Christian Milan. Is it interesting to see uh, former teammates and current teammates over there? Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely cool. Uh, I know we flew with uh, the States over here to Latvia from uh, New York, and uh, it was nice catching up with like uh, Weidman. I saw Will Landon, um, Caps, the coach for the US too. So I saw him in, right. in our video watching here. So um, yeah, it was nice uh, seeing them, touching up with them, uh, talking to Wooly, uh, touching base, how his uh, rest of the year went after after the trade. So, uh, yeah, it's always nice uh, coming together in, in groups where you've played with guys before. So, um, yeah. Did you uh, choose to go with 21? I think that's your world junior number or something. Or did you give up 13 to Gabe Valerity? How did that play out? Uh, yeah, I put 21 for my first option. Uh, just thinking about maybe a change for next year. I've uh, been wanting 21 for a little bit here, but just been patient with uh, the guys having numbers. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of a, a summer decision, kind of chose it for uh, this tournament to see how it felt. So we'll see. Maybe there's a switch in the future, but not sure. Uh, what was it like, I guess, to get your first world championship goal? That was nice. Uh, <laughs> a little different with how wide the rink was. I kind of put that one in distance, but uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, came off the half wall and, uh, put a low blocker and end up having eyes and finding the nets. So uh, it was a good feeling. It was definitely different. Uh, I feel like with, without the fans, but we're used to that all year, but uh, it was definitely uh, good to get that under the belt. Is it interesting? Like, does it give you a different perspective and almost confidence that you're playing, you know, with different coaches, there's a different voice, there's different players. And when you succeed, you get to see a little bit different confidence build. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Having a new coach is a new perspective is always uh, cool and always good. Uh, expanding your game and, and how different uh, hockey minds work. Um, Turk's a great coach and he's very smart when it comes to, to hockey and managing guys. So 
Uh, playing under different coaches is definitely nice. Definitely expands my, my views on the game. Um, but yeah, uh, even with the big ice and, and him uh, liking the skill and liking the speed, uh, definitely helped my confidence going to summer. Uh, you talk about coaches, and I'll talk about DJ Smith, and that is uh, 14 of your 18 career goals you've scored in the last two seasons. You've really seen your game elevate. Is that part of DJ Smith and the coaching staff, or has that just been you and a renewed commitment to yourself? I think it's a bit of both. Uh, it's always a two-way street. Uh, you always need someone uh, putting the helping hand out there, but you also need to put the work in. Uh, you know, DJ's been a great coach, giving me lots of opportunity and, and giving me some wind under my sails. So um, he's definitely been uh, doing a great job with that. But uh, end of the day, I'm on the ice and I got I to gotta figure out a way to, to start scoring. You know, I wasn't too happy with my year this year when it comes to, to my goals and uh, points. But um, the biggest thing is that our team's building. We're looking strong. We're, we're progressing as a team. And, and I think next year we're really going to come together as a group. Okay, that's interesting you say that because one thing, no one ever, like if you're on social media, and I know it's not social media is how you judge your game, but if you are a fan watching Nick Paul, no one ever complains the effort you put in on a nightly basis. And I'm sure you'd like to have 20 goals a season. But the one thing is people always talk about how consistent you are. Do you not appreciate your game as to where it is that you know night in, night out what you're going to get from you? For sure. And that's that's how I made it. And that's how... Uh... My game is I'm, I'm a player that comes every single night ready to play. And I know my role is uh, defense and hard on pucks and battles first. And uh, points are just a bonus. You know, I, I keep a high standard and high uh, set of goals for myself. So I'm always shooting for more. But when it comes to my game, I know defensive zone comes first. My hard battles, my draws, winning pucks and creating space for my line mates. Uh, and then the other stuff is just a bonus. You are the current longest serving member of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, you're 26 years old. Are you an old guy? How do you look at that? Yeah, I guess on this team, uh, I'm an old guy. It happens quick. Honestly, everyone always talks about uh, cherishing the moment because it, it goes by quick. And I'm starting to see I'm 26 and it feels like the years are just flying by. But yeah, we got a pretty young team. So I consider myself uh, one of the older guys on the team. But um, with our group, we just the way the way we are in the room and, and how we, we are together and the respect we have for each other. It just it just flows really good. And we have a, a really we have something really good in our, in our dressing room. So let's talk about that, because one thing people want, I guess, when you're you're not in the playoffs, people always want you to try and lose games so that you get a high draft pick. But when it comes to players that are in the room, nobody ever wants to lose a hockey game and you always want to get wins because it helps you. So. I guess as you guys won down the stretch, what was the mood like around this team? Did it bring you guys closer together? Or were you already close as it was and it just was a bonus? I think we were always close, but uh, we were just finding the right way to play and, and what kind of what style of hockey is suits best for our team. Um, you know, coming down the stretch there, we, were, we had a hot run. Uh, we really clicked together. We were playing for each other. Um, we started understanding our roles. We weren't trying to step outside and do, do too much. Um, Guys that were playing hard to swim battles are doing that role. They're not trying to, to overstep the boundaries. And um, really, we were just we were our own best, uh, our be our own biggest fans, cheering each other on, up shots, scoring, uh, coming together. It was just lots of fun, and we just found we just found the way we played best, and uh, we started rolling. And we knew as a as a group that we wanted to continue this the whole season all the way into the next. Uh, follow that through summer. Have a confident summer, um, knowing exactly what you need to do coming to camp and hit the hit the ground running. Uh, Brady and Tim and Josh Norris all said they're going to live together again next season. Should everybody just live in the same house, like the whole team? <laughs> it would be nice. Uh, 
it all depends. Uh, you know, guys like us would probably get a little too much, uh, too competitive. We'll do like ping pong and get in a bunch of fights. So we'll maybe split it up to three houses. Might be a little <laughs> bit better than numbers, but um, especially with the bubble this year, that's basically what it was on the road in the, in the hotel, everyone in the, in the main rooms together. So um, yeah, maybe that's what brought us so close so quick. <laughs> How much did Colin White play a part in that? Because one thing I've always heard about Colin White is he is the glue that keeps everything together in the way that he is off the ice. Everybody kind of either picks on him or he gives it to somebody else. So is he still the glue that keeps this whole group together? Yeah, he puts a laugh on everyone's face. He's always coming in, poking guys and just getting guys going, <laughs> getting guys pissed off. And uh, guys love chirping him and he loves taking it. So uh, he's just a guy that comes in and, and and gets you going either good or bad mood, but he, he gets the, gets the life going in the room. And, um, you know, Colin's a great guy. He, he's an uh, unbelievable guy. Um, and just, he's fun to pick on sometimes. <laughs> you got to wear the A this year. I, I don't think you had it last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, was there something about that? Cause you've gone through, and we've all documented it. You've gone through a tough stretch to get to where you are to be an NHL regular. Did that letter mean anything more to you this year to wear? Yeah, uh, it was a huge deal to me. Uh, you know, I didn't have the easiest route getting here, and I put a lot of hard work in and, and a lot of perseverance and uh, to play my full full year, first full year um, and then get the A on my jersey uh, near the end there it was huge. It was just a little reward for me for how, how hard I've been working and, and showing me that, uh, you know, guys guys respect the, the grind that I had to, to get up here and um, the way that I play, I just keep pushing the pace and, and try to make guys better, so... Um, the hard work that I put in didn't go unnoticed. You're a center at the World Championships, and you've got great face-off numbers. Would you like to play center in the National Hockey League? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. You know, I like uh, like being low in the D zone and, and 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 cutting plays off and then carrying it through the middle. But at the same time, I like wing as well. So whatever uh, whatever the lines need, if if I need to go center, I I love center. If I need to go wing, I'm good wing. But uh, for me, uh, either one's fine. I know. Big body like mine centers a little more, but that's why I train hard in the summer. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love center as well, but uh, wherever the lines uh, fit. How much different is Nick Paul, the player, from when you got to the NHL or even when you got to Ottawa compared to where you are now? Uh, a lot different. I think just more maturity. You know, I didn't know how to handle stress and handle adversity really when I got here, um, you know everyone comes wherever they come from they're the superstar of their team and then all of a sudden you're put together with everyone that are superstars and all of a sudden you're not in the spotlight and you got to figure out what you need to do to get noticed and how to persevere and, and find your your uh space and talent on the ice so i think uh over the years just uh being more confident getting my mental space right um learning little things for me that, that gets me to the next level uh you know i added face-offs to my game probably three years ago i really started working on it so I remember uh, Chris Kelly coming to me. He's like, hey, if you really want a shot, uh, work on your draws. Because all of a sudden, you get your chance. You're getting five to eight minutes a night. And all of a sudden, you start taking draws. You're hot. Not all of a sudden, you're in the last minute of the game because you're, you're hot on draws. So uh, that kind of stuck with me. I worked on draws. And all of a sudden, I started buying me more ice, buying me penalty kill, and went from there. So I think just uh, finding uh, how I play best and uh, kind of taking off from there. Okay, what's the secret to the Ottawa Senators being able to be so good shorthanded? <laughs> uh, Brownie loves to score and he wants the puck. Uh, we just we, we read really well off each other. You know, there's a lot of communication out there. 
uh, when the D get it, if there's a scrum, we're always letting the D know where we are. Cause, you know, in a scrum, trying to clear the puck's not always the best, goes to the D and they get a nice opportunity off it. So we like to move our feet and any chance we can, we're, we're looking to go offense. I was going to say, in a previous game at the Worlds, you and, and Brown had an opportunity, and, but on the bigger ice, do you notice, is it tougher or is it easier to get that chance? It's a bit of both because it's a little deceiving because it's so wide, so you think you have more room, but the angle you actually come towards on the net is a lot different. So you feel like you have more room, but you might be a little more outside, like you're outside the dots, and then you go for your opportunity, you go to shoot, and you're like, okay, well, I have no angle here. So it, it's a bit of both. It's nice because you got room to work with and make plays and slow up and create time, but at the same time, when you're coming into the net and coming to attack, it's the angles are a little different. Uh, what made Nick Paul want to go to the Worlds in the first place? We're in Canada, uh, the, the leaf on my jersey. You know, anytime you get an opportunity to, to represent Team Canada, uh, I'll never say no. <laughs> uh, I'm going to veer off to the NHL playoffs for a quick sec. I know you're probably not paying attention because of the time difference, but Edmonton got swept by Winnipeg this year. Edmonton gave you guys fits. I'm curious if you are surprised that they're now out of the postseason in four games. For sure. Uh, we definitely didn't see them getting swept. Uh, you know, they got a good team over there, and especially this year when we we couldn't get them. But, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. And I saw last night, Triple OT, you know, a nurse had something like 62 minutes, something crazy like that. Uh, I think it was like third most in, in, in history for yeah. uh, once they started tracking. So um, it's a crazy game, and I definitely didn't see that that going that way. But, you know, hockey's a funny game, and, and sometimes teams just run hot. A few more questions before I let you go. One, is this the most fun at the end of the regular season in Ottawa that you've had playing hockey, or has there been a different moment where you guys have enjoyed playing as much as you have? I think this year's been the most fun. You know, we coming into games and uh, we started getting that feel and that like, hey, we're a good team. We can take any team. And, and we started playing like it. You know, beginning of the year, we were kind of frustrated. We were questioning our abilities, I feel like, sometimes. And this year we came in, we came confident, we came having fun and honestly we're supporting each other I don't think there's one guy this year that um, didn't get along with each other you know we're guys are blocking shots we're almost snapping our sticks on the bench cheering them on you know we have no fans we're creating our own energy um, just the way we ended the season was awesome and like we said like I said before like we're going into summer confident we're looking forward to next year and it's going to be exciting in that in that horrible start I'm going to call it horrible you went uh, two wins your first 15 I don't know any other way to put it is I guess yeah. how many sticks got broken because now there's no media. There's no one else in your locker room, which gives you a little bit of a bubble. Was there a lot more frustration going on behind the scenes? Yeah, there was definitely frustration. Um, we were pretty good at handling it though. You know, we were just every day coming to work, trying to figure out what's wrong. Uh, I don't think uh, we were getting mad at our work ethic or anything, our systems or anything like that. It was more of just finding a way to win. Um, we were working hard. In the games, we're skating hard, we're finishing checks, we're trying to do all the right things. It's not like we were trying to play a whole different system. We were playing the right way. It was just we couldn't find a way to win. Um, and I think we had a lot of – we had a team team meetings and, and trying to figure out certain ways uh, to get past it, but uh, ended up just clicking. Uh, we learned how to play together. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it, it just seemed to click one day, and, and it turned from there. I'm just – did it have anything to do with the fact that DJ Smith would always pull his mask to yell at you? Um, could, does that mean maybe you couldn't hear him beforehand? He, the mask was too tight? No, DJ's got a pretty big voice. When he's yelling at you, you know. <laughs> you can act like you don't hear, but you hear it. 
Um, it just yeah. made me laugh. He would always be pulling on it. I'm like, why do you need to pull on your mask? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I know uh, the media was giving it to him a little bit about that. And we always said some uh, comments sometimes, but you know, I guess when he wants to give it to you, he wants you to hear it. <laughs> Has he changed much from year one to year two as he gets more comfortable being an NHL head coach? I think he's just be, he's becoming more comfortable with our team. You know, the first year, then beginning of this year, he was really trying to coach our team and, and guess playing the right way. And I think once we bought in and, and, and started playing um, the way he wants to play and, and uh, playing hard hockey, he's, he's given us a little more free reign to make plays and, and really start taking it on our own. And he, he doesn't have to say as much. He knows that we know how to play, but he's always there to step in when, uh, like if we start making too many plays, the blue line or whatever it may be he steps in. But I think um, he's really done a great job of doing our systems um, and, and getting us accountable for each other. And now it gives us a little more leash to, to play on our own and, and uh, just create offense. Uh, two quick, what needs to change going into next season for the Ottawa Senators to be in a playoff spot? We used to have a good start, you know, start how we did last year and, and keep that role. And we got to start confident. We got to start, uh, uh, the same way we did uh, finishing, just pumping each other up, confident, making plays, working hard. And the biggest thing is our D zone. I think uh, once we got our D zone uh, bought in, guys, had, we had five guys back and they had nothing. And all of a sudden we're turning pucks over, we're getting odd man rushes. So I think if, if we track hard and we get back, it's going to create a lot of offense and then we can do our thing from there. Uh, have you, I was going to say, in Latvia, there's different, I guess, foods you can eat, but I know you're not allowed to go anywhere. So have you tried to sample any of the local fare? No, we actually haven't uh, haven't been able to. I think uh, Team Canada here is trying to set something up, set something up for us to try a restaurant. Uh, but as of right now, just been the hotel food. Uh, it's been good. Uh, it's been a little different getting used to the time and eating at different times. But I think my body is finally finally used to that, so it's been good. Uh, did you? Was it tough to lose to the U.S. only because you had Jack on the bench and Wides, and you had Christian Milanen on the ice? Yeah, for sure. And obviously Team Canada here, we don't want to, we don't want to lose a game and, and it stings regardless, but uh, definitely having friendly faces over there, you want to kind of win and, and, and stick it to them a little bit and, and give a couple texts after the game, letting them know. But um, yeah, it is what it is. And, and hopefully uh, we're going to, we're going to win the rest of our games here and, and give ourselves a chance. Did Wides text you or will we'll land in after? Uh, I text uh, Will. <laughs> I didn't uh, get a chance to see wides, but uh, I had a little, little text with Lowell and I said next year I'm coming for him. <laughs> nice. Uh, we can't let you go with that one final question. That is, uh, what if you are sitting on the couch and you're watching a movie and you have a cheat snack? What is it going to be? Ooh. You're a pretty healthy guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I got a big sweet tooth, Phil. Like, I'm probably going to go Ben and Jerry's. Um, uh, Anything chocolate, peanut butter, or yeah, I'll probably just go ice cream. I'm a big ice cream guy. Very nice. I appreciate it. Nick, uh, good luck the rest of the way with Team Canada. We look forward to seeing you back on the ice in September or October, whenever it may be, uh, trying to get this team into a playoff spot. I appreciate your time, my friend. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Wally. Welcome back to the Wally Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Check out their all-new lineup of custom-built vehicles at barhavenford.com slash bfc-customs. Okay, as I promised, some free stuff from Barhaven Ford. They're giving away this BFC cooler bag. 
Just use your camera phone app and take a pic of this QR code. Uh, there are two different links you can go to and the mobile or, or desktop and then enter your info for a chance to win this cooler bag. It is great for holding all kinds of things like some nice, cool whitewater beer. All right. Mm. Uh, time for On the Points brought to you by SportsInteraction.com. Sports Interaction is Canada's odds makers. Head over to SportsInteraction.com slash Wally Mathot today to get in on the action. Must be 19 years of age or older. So, Meth, here we go. Tonight's game, game seven. Ooh, big it's game. It's the Leafs and the Habs. It's in Toronto without any fans. Uh, Montreal has already won in Toronto, so I don't sure there's home ice advantage if that's the case. Who you got? Uh, this is, I, you know, I've, I've been deliberating over this for a while because I want to separate myself from the passion and the emotion of the, <laughs> the fact you don't like fans. the Leafs. Go on. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be bold here and I'm going to go against my predictions uh, from earlier prior before the series. Of course, okay. I'm going to go with the Montreal Canadians wow. and I'm going to, and I'm going to go further and I'm going to give you a score. I'm going to say the Montreal right, Canadians yeah. are yeah. going to win four, three. Is this an OT game? Nope. Okay. All right. Down to the wire. Right to the end of the third period. God. I'm going to – well, I'm just going to pick Toronto. So, I, I picked them at the beginning. I'm not changing now. I think they're going to win. Yeah. For the simple fact that I think they're a better team, but I don't think they're built no. better for the postseason. Yes, I agree. They are a better team. The only thing is Montreal's got so much momentum right now. And I feel like I they've just got this newfound juice now that they've had a taste of the fans being in the building. I mean, they look like a completely different team. Now they're going back to Toronto as we discussed. And I know that that's a factor. If the building's going to be empty, it's an opportunity for the Leafs, but I just love the, 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 the momentum that Montreal's riding on right now. Two in a row, they're going to make it three. The interesting thing is, and I think it's perhaps been overlooked is Cockney Caulfield a bit, Nick Suzuki, how, all their how good, young guys. How good are they? They're well, so that's good the thing, right, right? So they didn't want to play them at the beginning, and now we're seeing that they're the difference makers so far in this series. Yeah, and Montreal they're playing Canadians. with – yes, they're playing with so much confidence. My biggest takeaway is they're not just out there surviving. There's a difference between right. thriving and surviving. At the NHL level, it's all about confidence, right? When these kids, at their skill with their skill sets, especially – and I'm – you know, Kakanyemi obviously had a great game, and but Caulfield, man – like he's going off the post. He's beating Campbell several. He's just not, he's just getting unlucky. So if, if this guy can start finding the twine a little bit more, I mean, it's, it's all over. I, I, I they have been like, that part is fun to watch, but also on the other side. And, and I know we, he's a friend of the show, but Jason Spezza has been just as much fun to watch almost like he's rejuvenated and he's playing yes. like, as the young Cole Caulfield out there. I, now, I love watching the way he plays anyway. And I wanted to uh, add one more thing, one more quick thing. Muzzin's out. I think. So if Muzzin's not playing, that's a huge hit on that blue line. That guy eats up 20 sure. plus minutes a night. No, you you can never truly understand the value of a top four stay-at-home D-man until he's out of your lineup. That'll be a factor if he's not playing. I, I agree. Also, while we're on the D part, I think Zach Bogosian has looked really good in this series. Yes. Thank you. I've been saying this. He's a good player, man. And he's taken on all this responsibility and yeah. he, he plays very strong in his own end. He's a great skater, despite, you know, being a big guy. I, 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 I'm a huge fan of his. And he's, he's miserable to play against, which is what yep. I want to see in the postseason. Anyway. All right. Uh, okay. I got you down as a four, three Montreal uh, win. So that'll be another thing you lose at. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Carolina, Tampa, boy, uh, 
those are two great I, teams. So give me who yeah. you got winning that series. Well, okay. Well, Kucherov is back, I'm assuming. So, yeah. you know, granted, he's healthy and he's back in there. You got to go with that winning culture in Tampa. I got Tampa. There's no no contest. But you don't think the bunch of jerks can, as they've done all along, fly under the they, radar? Yeah, like they've got a rallying There's no mistake. Point. They're there. I know. No, they're great. And they, this isn't a coincidence. They were good last year. They were good the year before. This is this has been coming. They're developing that team culture, that winning culture in the group, which we're talking about Stanley Cup champions right yeah. now. So well, I mean, how do you how do you def- I don't know. That to me, to me, it's to me, it's Tampa's series to lose. We'll put it that way. I was just trying to get you to change your pick because I picked Tampa. Uh, <laughs> Boston and the Islanders. Oh boy, David Pashenok looked pretty good in game one with his hat. I team. know with the hattie. Uh, yeah. I boy, who, who, like, I, I, I want to know who you have first. I well, I can't change. I have said at the beginning that the Islanders were my underdog pick. I'm not good. gonna waver. I think they're in trouble. <laughs> a, Perhaps a lot of trouble. Well, I mean, and it's sticking easy for with me, the Islanders, and it's easy for me to lean on Boston. But I just, I just have a, a serious appreciation, as I touched on regarding Tampa, with winning culture. You, you yes. can't teach that; it's learned through experiences, and these guys have it in all those big names that they have on that team in Boston right now. And even and Pasternak, another prime example of a guy who's just a gamer. He goes in wearing some yeah. ridiculous suit, looked like my grandmother's <laughs> fine china, and he goes and scores three goals. Puts it's his so little good. top hat back on and leaves the game. So, you know what? They got some swagger right now. I hate using swagger. I hate it. It makes me cringe. But this team has it. They're very confident. They look very good. Yeah. I got Boston. Yeah, I know. I, and I would, too, if I didn't pick the Islanders earlier. But I'm not going to waver. I, you go in with your horse and you, take you stick them. with them. I respect yeah. that. Okay. So, and here's the, here's the, I think it's the Stanley Cup final. which probably should be, is the Colorado-Vegas. Agreed. Boy, oh boy. Um, I think this will be the, the great series to watch. It'll probably be like a one nothing game. I expect them just to all be miserable drag out fights. Who yeah. do you take? Well, I mean, if I like that's one series, I haven't even taken any notes. I know that I know both teams very well because I've been tracking them all year because to me, they're the two best teams in the NHL. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that they're meeting now, but serious entertainment for a second round matchup, right? So, okay. Well, hold me, on before you make your pick. Just a reminder, and I don't know if you've already bought the wedding gift for Mark Stone's wedding that you're going to uh, attend. Yeah, yeah. Do you, need to, do you need to consider where your allegiance is? And I flip-flopped on them. This is one series. <laughs> I'm a flip-flopper. I, I, I can call myself out on that. I had, I had Vegas earlier on in the year, and then just paying more attention to Colorado, and I spoke to a couple players that play against Colorado, and they told me the same thing. They reminded them of the Red Wings back in the uh, later 2000s when they were just stacked. And I mean, I can remember playing against that team. They would just come at you in waves with skill and offense. So you've got Vegas, maybe a little more imposing, more defensive, but built for playoffs. And then you've got Colorado who are just thriving regardless, despite maybe being more skilled and full of speed. So it's, 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 it's a complete toss up. If I'm going to lean on a team right now, I'm just going to go with Vegas just because I have oh. Mark Stone. Yeah, I have to. I, I have to because I don't want to cheer against Mark Stone and Robin Leonard. I have a ton of respect for those two guys. I am scared, scared of Colorado and that speed that they have. It's dangerous. But the goaltending now that Vegas has shown, and they've got layers, by the way, in goaltending, and then a pretty strong decor 
and some good guys up front. Like, how do you like Mark Stone? That guy's infectious, right? You have him on Absolutely. your team in the postseason. He cheers harder for for goals by his line mates than he does his own goals. I mean, he's like a kid out there. So I'm going to go with Vegas only because of the familiarity that I have wow. with that group and because it's a past team that I've played for. So I'm going to go with Las Vegas. Okay. That's very interesting. I am, I'm going to take Colorado and only because I don't think Mark Stone can do everything every night to will this team to win as much as he's going to try. I just All think right. they don't have the horses that the Colorado Avalanche do to come at you. So I'm shocked that you took Vegas. Uh, uh, I appreciate it. Cause I'm going to take Colorado. I have to good. So uh, I was two for eight or sorry, six for eight in the first round. Well, I think we Toronto's going to win. So I'm going to go six for eight. Um, do you know how many teams series you picked wrong? I have no idea. I'd have Did to go pick- home and look at my, I have my brackets on the table where yeah. I normally do this podcast. Um, I think I flip-flopped just now. I had, I had, uh, Did you have Florida or Tampa? I had Tampa on my bracket oh, and I have okay. proof at home, I'm not, but I, I did miss one. Boston, um, Washington. Yeah. I think I had, yeah, I had Washington going forward. Yeah, okay. So both of us. All right. Well, yeah. you're so far, you're better at it than I am. Okay. I quickly, <laughs> does it matter which team wins tonight between uh, Montreal and Toronto and they face Winnipeg? Does it matter who's going to face Winnipeg? I think the Jets win that series. Yeah, and that's another conversation, again, that I've had with a couple ex-teammates that are still playing in the NHL. And they were telling me that they believe Winnipeg is the favorite, no matter who they end up playing against here in the series. So what happens? Well, to me, if I had to pick a better matchup for Winnipeg, I think they match up better against a team like Toronto. I mean, really. I mean, but then again, that might be an, an idiotic take because... Montreal all of a sudden might just struggle to score more goals. And I do think Winnipeg has a much better, uh, more mobile up front, like, like forward group, but I think Montreal has got a better decor. I know that might be a hot mess of a take, but I still think they're deeper on defense, especially if Petrie can figure it out. He hasn't had a great playoff yet, but I do respect the heck out of him. He's a Norris candidate, but he hasn't had a very good first round. If he can clean up and they make it through this first round, they got a better decor than Winnipeg. Winnipeg's got the better goaltending, but price has been fantastic. So that's pretty even as it stands. I've never heard a guy sit on the fence more than you, but I appreciate uh, you trying I just, to. I just, I don't happy. have an answer. Well, I could be honest with you <laughs> in, in that series. So if Montreal were to move forward, I yeah. really, I just don't know. Like it, there's so much parity I find now, like with, with a lot it's of true. these teams. And, and I just, it's like, and hockey's like the worst. It's literally one of the worst sports for trying to pick, but it's fun. And it's infectious. But as far as picking winners here, I I just think that Montreal might have a better chance with that grind style. I think Winnipeg could really shut down Toronto. Right. Well, it'll be interesting. And their records prove it. Their records prove it in the season, right? We will talk Thursday and see how wrong you were. Uh, Those are the picks. (laughs) Now make yours. Sportsinteraction.com slash Wally and Mathot. Sports Interaction is Canada's online sports book. Odds subject to change. The Wally and Mathot Show powered by Barhaven Ford. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Wally Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. They are the first and only dealership in Ottawa to feature Roush-inspired custom builds. Go to barhavenford.com slash bfc-customs. Okay, uh, Math, I want to talk about player feuds. Of course, this is brought to you by Faces Magazine. Check out the latest issue and updated articles at facesmag.ca. So you're a big golf guy, and I, and I know you're all over social media and followed the Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka feud. And it's been going on for years. Uh, one, uh, 
have you like do you get excited to see these two perhaps at a chance to square off at some point down this down the stretch here that go head to head what that'd be like well, if they can figure out some kind of exhibition match of some sort and, and put it on pay-per-view, I'm in. I'm going to throw my money at that matchup because it's just so intriguing. And and I feel like, I, and I hate is a strong word, so let's just say his, his um, what's the right dislike. word to use here? His dislike. dislike maybe for DeChambeau is so incredibly obvious that he's not even hiding it at this point. So, I mean, I, I admire that. I like it. It just creates more talking points. It's entertaining. And I mean, I'd be incredibly frustrated if I was playing DeChambeau. I mean, the way he's oh, reinvented yeah. himself, I have, I have tons of respect for that and the work he's putting in. It's bold. He's not shy to put himself out there. But I mean, if you're paired up with him and you're playing with that guy, I mean, it would be so painful. And to me, having played in the game, in a game, I should say, in hockey, in a team sport, you hear sometimes rumblings about certain players around the NHL. And typically when you hear it from enough people, they tend to be true, right? So, yep. you know, you hear from enough people that Mathod is cheap, it's probably accurate. He's pretty cheap. So to me, it's say the same thing. The same statement is true when it comes to DeChambeau. You've heard a lot of stories about him and how kind of painful he can be to be around and, and whatnot. So I just want to see it. I'm a fan of, of Brooks Kepka. I've heard mixed reviews, which surprises me. I've heard some people say, I've had this discussion with other people and they always say, well, Brooks is such a hard guy to cheer for. I'm like, no, he's not. He seems like a re relatable person who is ir easily irritated by some obnoxious player who has all these weird quirks, who is an incredibly slow player. Uh, to me, that would drive me nuts. I'm fast. By the time you hit your drive, I'm already walking off, going to get my, my, my second shot. So yeah. I can relate to Brooks Kepka. Big fan. I hope they match up. And, and the same thing is true with me and, and feuds I've had with players playing in the NHL. Well, I just, one more thing. I like the Brooks Kepka thing. One is, I get the sense he's kind of like you. He just doesn't have time for a lot of bullshit. He's like, I, listen, <laughs> let's just get on with it. Either hit your shot or get out of my way because I got stuff I need to get done. So, yeah, yeah. And you talked about the way uh, DeChambeau re reinvented himself. And that like led to uh, Kepka, I think, tweeting about basically accusing him of taking steroids. Um, like they've, they've gone at it so much that I appreciate that somebody – you need a heel every once in a while in a league where just everybody doesn't like oh, you because it. Just, I agree. Right, makes it so much more entertaining. Totally agree. And I, like, I just hope that at the Ryder Cup that's coming up in 2021 and Whistling Straits, that those two get paired together <laughs> for some round. Right, where they'd they be a, to... a ratings dream for the PGA oh, Tour, and they've got to work together. Like that's the best. Oh, I look for it. So. Agreed. I'm trying to think back. There's been some great feuds over the years. And well, you know, Patrick, like Patrick Reed's pretty disliked, I believe, on tour. I think he still is. I can't stand that guy either, by the way. <laughs> uh, there aren't a lot like that, though. For the most part, I'm a fan of just about everybody. Huge fan of Lefty, Tiger, you name it. Uh, but when it comes to like got player, players that are maybe a little more disliked, I find they're really good for the game. Like as much as you dislike them, they're just fantastic to have involved and to have them there in contention because it creates talking points and animosity right. and you just love it. So one of the things is I always love to cover and it's, and it's mostly centered around individual sports, whether it's tennis, car racing, um, yeah. lots of those things, because when I did NASCAR, I loved it because there's 43 drivers who all want to get their sponsors on camera and they want you to come to them. So, and they don't give a shit about the other guy at all. They want their, first of all, 
He's out there. to If he hits you and drives you into the wall, you have a chance of dying. So they don't really hold back a lot. If they don't like you, they will tell you. You see punches all the time thrown. That's why I appreciate like NASCAR, F1, even when Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg were teammates, they hated each other. Like, yeah. and, and now the best part is Rosberg interviews Hamilton at races and you can just tell the disdain that he has for it. <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to go back over the hockey ones. There's been a few in the past, but I guess the most recent, the one I can only think of is like Matthew Kachuk and Drew Doughty because they don't hold back. Like there's one thing to yeah. not like one another, but at least they will tell you so that you can appreciate you're either well, on one side or the other. And if you're a Brady yeah. Kachuk guy, you don't like Drew Doughty because he's picking on Matthew Kachuk and it just gets bigger and bigger. I know. And growing up watching and paying more attention, obviously, from behind the scenes, from a fan perspective, even like Patty Roy and Ronick, when they would go at oh, it, it was yeah. just having those having those rivalries just creates so much entertainment for fans. So Again, the same statement is true when it comes to all the other sports. So with golf, it doesn't it doesn't change. I do hope at some point we see even a head to head would be nice. But if they are matched up together at Whistling Straits, that would be cool as well. I, I covered that uh, first PGA Tour, first PGA Championship they had at Whistling Straits, phenomenal. But nice. uh, there were so many people breaking ankles because the it's that fescue right, and it's like a link style course, and they're trying to walk up these hills and like high heels. It's a battle, man. It's a oh, I, it was a mess. Yeah, yeah. I, I interviewed VJ Singh at that one and they had just won and oh, 2004. So it's whatever, 16 years ago. So I'm a lot younger and not any smarter. And they said, you got like three minutes and you're going to interview VJ Singh who just won. I'm like, what? I'm not, I'm not prepared to sit down to a one-on-one. Anyway. So I That's remember asking cool, him though. and he had, he had dominated that year. And I sat down. I'm like, if somebody told you you were to win this, this, and now a PGA championship, would you say like, what are you smoking? I'm like, I'll never forget this question. As long as I live, I'm like, I'm asking VJ Singh about smoking. I was, you an idiot. Like that was one of those questions. You're just, I was unprepared and I'm in, I was a donkey. Um, did you have any feuds with players? Yeah, a couple. I mean, um, I Burroughs comes to mind right away. Cause I played oh, against course. him so much as we all know. And uh, Gallagher a little bit, but, but it was more, that was more of a mutual respect. It wasn't like verbal, um so you know all our playoff encounters we go back and forth lots so I was always playing against him uh but as far as like real and, and BX I even Kevin BX it was always in Vancouver right because of the Sedines and I was pretty hard on the Sedine twins and then BX and and, and Burroughs would always come after me so you know those are probably two guys that I I probably had a genuine dislike for and even Kessler Kessler as well and him slashing me in warm-ups occasionally when we'd be going up on the half on those little half moon skates when you're warming up when we're crossing each other at center ice. Uh, he's the guy that would do stuff like that, all the behind the scenes stuff. But I mean, for the most part, I didn't have, I didn't have too many more other than maybe in the American league. I had a couple of guys there too, but no one really worth mentioning. I interested, but I do. Yeah. I think there needs to be more kind of feuds or at least just that out there. Did you see recently, by the way, I, the commercial with Patrick Waugh, and uh, Mario Tremblay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did see I that. It's pretty crazy, though, that it's lasted that long. Like, to yeah. me, I thought they, you know, would have rec reconciled, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago by now. And then you're seeing them much older looking and they're finally coming back together. I'm thinking like this whole thing's ridiculous. It makes me almost wonder, are they just looking for jobs in the NHL and they're getting a little more spotlight? Is that what's going on here? Just trying to be relevant. Yeah. You wonder like how. Yeah. Who goes, I'm going to like, this is going to be, we're going to get this together. This is going to work. Why would out. you, why it's a game. Like I just, 
I don't understand why you'd hate each other that much over all those years. <laughs> like you both had, you, they both had very success. Like Mario Traveler was a very good player. Like they both, yeah. they both had very successful uh, careers in coaching and otherwise. And you'd think they'd have bigger things to worry about, but either way, happy to see two hab legends, if you will, I guess, uh, get back together and hug it out. That's why I love player feuds. I just want them to keep it going. Um, yeah. That is uh, the latest brought to you by Faces Magazine. Lots of great stories in the Ottawa area. Like the owners of Cabato's Restaurant. They're great food there, by the way. Uh, check out the latest and best at facesmagazine.ca. All right. Speaking of feuds, let's bring in the guy that neither one of us like the most. And that is uh, Craig. Welcome Hate to him. the show. Hey, guys. What's on? <laughs> I thought you were going to go. Speaking of faces, let's bring in the most attractive one as voted by the oh, lovely oh, no, universe. But no. uh, whatever. We'll that never even crossed segue. our mind, by the way. Craig. That wasn't even well in played. The I don't think about that all the time. No, it's. <laughs> but yes, we got some things to give away. Trivial trivia brought to you by gongshow.com. And we're going to kick things off by announcing uh, our latest winner. So from our last show, uh, we've got a bone sauce sauce prize pack to give away. So get your locally made hot sauce at bone sauceco.com. And <laughs> We, yeah, you love that I can barely do that. That's okay. I do. Because well, I've tried it and I can't do it. It's either, a bit of a so. tongue twister, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's yeah that's, how you, that's, that's good. That's how you remember it, right? It's, it's difficult to remember. But we asked on our last show, uh, how many hat tricks did Jeff O'Neill get in his career? Matt, do you know? No idea. I didn't know either. But the answer, and you know who did know, was uh, at RM Newth. Ryan Newth uh, got it correct. It was three. Had, Ryan, uh, Ryan Googled it. It doesn't even count. I am, I'd have to Google it. I'd have no idea. He had two against Atlanta. Oh, that, those, that should really count for him. Uh, got two against Atlanta and one against Anaheim. So, Ryan, uh, shout out. You won yourself the bone sauce. a boy, Prize Ryan. pack. Enjoy. I knocked back some of that um, final boss the other day. I was going to send oh. you guys a picture. No. And? Too strong. It's good. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Uh, I just put it on like that chip and popped it in just to just to double check. And uh, yeah, spicy, <laughs> still spicy. OK, how but, long does it take for the burning to go away? Well, it depends. Are you chasing it with anything? I didn't know. It, uh, a yeah, white water beer. Yeah. There you OK, go. well, yeah, yeah, it's still it's very aggressive. You have to work your way up. The, the hot sauce, by the way, is terrific. And I'm we mm -hmm. my wife and I are huge uh, spicy food people. So we use a ton of it, but the final boss, like you legitimately have to prepare your body for it. It's like preparing for a marathon or a triathlon. It's like week to week, week to week building up to it. Like do the eyes water? Does the note, like, does the nose start to water? Like does it water? Yeah, man. I was in full tears. My, yeah. my kid, my son, Jack, he's just looking at me like, what, what? he's like, what's the matter with you? Uh, Brent, we gotta anyway. get you to eat. We gotta get you to try it on the show. I know you're not a spicy guy, but that's kind no. of the point. No, uh, you won't eat it. You no, no, it. I'll do it. I'll okay. do it. But <laughs> you guys may have to run the rest of the show. I want I Wally to start. I want yeah. Wally to try some before we get into the headlines. Oh. So he's just <laughs> buried. <laughs> so do I just like, do I keep like the two liters of milk next to me? How does this work? You can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It would be cruel if you couldn't. You need like, it is that it's very powerful. <laughs> and it's called Craig. I think it's called, is it final boss 2000, right? I, well, so, I think so, it says 2020 on it. So I don't know if they're doing it. Oh, like I thought it that. said two. Oh my bad. Okay. I thought yeah. it said 2000 on yeah. All right. Well, either way, really good hot sauce. Tasty. Yeah, tasty. Mm. My eyes are watering just thinking about this right now, actually. Yeah, that's delicious. <laughs> okay, go on. So, okay, we'll get you All on right. one of these. But uh, <laughs> on, on, to, on to today's question. So uh, we got a free round of golf to give away. This one, boys, when, when, when Wally sent this one out, it kind of blew me away. I used to be a member 
back at back in the day at, at Edgewood out in Dunrobin. And that's Ooh. where I that's where I learned to play golf. And it was wow. uh, I, I went there. Yeah, I, I played like three, four times a week. They had a really good uh student price back in the day. So it was like <laughs> it was like 350 bucks. I played all summer. It was the best. That's how I got any good at golf. Now I'm back to being bad at golf, but for a while there I was okay. And I learned at Edgewood. So it was funny when that kind of came across. So we we got a round of golf for four for a foursome with a cart uh at edgewood links up for grabs right now uh you can book your tea time with power carts i think it, yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah multiple yes yeah. okay people are so lazy now like come on <laughs> get, get your steps no, no it is a nice your... touch if it's really warm yeah. don't get me wrong fantastic idea nice touch by the course but i just oh, yeah. i like to get the legs moving a little you know sure but when it's free you feel a little more like oh yeah i'm gonna take the cart right yeah do you do you guys find when you're playing I guess we're veering way off track. Here. Ah, Do you find when you're playing uh, with carts, your game gets affected a little? I find I get a little more lethargic. I don't focus. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I drink. I, drink more. Yeah. I like to walk to my next shot. I focus. I'm dialed in. You know. See, I like the guy to drive the other person to drive the cart. I just take my club and walk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fair too. That's fair. Because right. like I only use I one don't. club anyway, because it's usually probably just a pitching wedge because it's in the woods. Um, so I just need Who's to carry it the whole way. Yeah, Wally, are you just, are you, because I'm gathering Craig's not great because he just said he hasn't played much. Uh, are you just junk when it comes to golf? Wally? Uh, what What would like, be your okay, definition of what, junk? Well, what's what would your handicap be? I don't know. Okay, so, so you're brutal. You're yeah, brutal. Yeah. So when, yeah. About, about four years ago, so... Uh, when you listen, when you have kids and you, I, all of us aren't members at clubs and we still have hey, children. I get hey, it. No, no, no. I get it. Trust me. I have kids too. Like, I don't get, I don't get out near as much as I'd like. Like I didn't play for like 10 years. Cause we were just, you know, with kids and travel yeah, and all that work. stuff. So, and it's tough to come up with four to six hours to go play. So agreed. Agreed. Uh, there was one year I played like 56 rounds and most of them were at Packingham, which I love that course. And I got to in the nineties and I was like, this nice is, that's yeah, good like I, that's actually really good but i'm probably like 110 now yeah okay but that's yeah okay but it's, it sounds like there's potential there for you like your ceiling's it, pretty high yeah but if i could like if you could just play more right you just got to play yeah, that's, all reps. that's why i stick yeah. now it's because i don't play anymore but. yeah so we're right. we're gonna get out uh our buddies at edgewood is going to allow us to come out and play around so we should my probably home course uh, boys you're in big trouble yeah you yeah you'll have to tell us what the reads are yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of reads, we're going to go back into this question here. And uh, we're going to ask, so it's a question from today's show, uh, sort of. Uh, who was Nick Paul's first professional head coach? If you know the answer to that and you want to score yourself a foursome at uh, Edgewood Links Golf with Power Cart Rentals, uh, head on over to Twitter, use the hashtag Wally and Mathot and tag at Edgewood Links uh, and get your answers in before Tuesday, June 1st at midnight. And we're going to reveal the winner on our next show. And there is a tie-in to this show on that question, not just Nick Paul. Okay. Ooh, I wonder what it could be. So, uh, and speaking of which, also, uh, if you want uh, one of our lovely mugs or T-shirts, uh, you can get them at shop.wallingthethought.com. Uh, please, we'd like you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like it. And, of course, catch us across all the podcast platforms. We want to thank Nick Paul for stopping by. Meth, uh, good luck the rest of this week uh, doing the Worlds. We'll see you back here on Thursday. Uh, Craig, as always, we appreciate everything you do. Uh, great job by both of you. And so uh, with that, we say thanks for watching the Wally Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford, and we'll see you next time.
Oh, unbelievable! The the Honeycrisp. I'm only I'm only Honeycrisps. They're the best. They're the best ones. They're a little more expensive, but they're so good. I spend twenty dollars yeah. a week on apples. <laughs> That's not a joke. I I legit eat like I probably eat two to three apples a day, and they're like no the, the good Honeycrisp ones. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm they're so good. They're yeah. so good. They're the best. What about Gala ones? Gallas okay. are good, they're but okay. the Honeycrisps are superior. They just taste better, and they got the crunch. My yeah. kids into yeah. the gala. That's yeah, so I, I think that's kids, all we get. If I have kids, I give them gala because I'm not I'm not wasting the good ones on them. So like, <laughs> you go down. They don't have, they don't appreciate the value. No, yeah. they don't know. They anyway. know they can't tell. I bought like nine dollars worth in a bag. I think at Costco one time, and my wife is mad at me because she's like, "We could get that a lot cheaper at Browns." I'm like, "You asked no. for apples. Why am I checking the price? Just put the anything apples in coming, the cart. Anything coming out of Costco will be uncontestedly cheaper than anywhere else. Like you can't compare." No. Not according to the queen of price matching. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So, which is why I don't grocery shop. All right. Apples talk. 